When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Wooldridge, and with me today, my special guest is Wendy Lee Saney. Wendy, say hi to the boys and girls at home. Hello, hello. I am so happy to be here. How are you doing? I, I, you're asking me or you're asking the boys and girls at home? Everybody. Because Every, we included. can wait for them to reply. If we've got some people watching live with us, let us know how you're doing at home. I don't check in on you guys enough. How are you doing at home? Um, I am doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm very thankful for uh, you being here today, and I'm grateful to be able to kind of dive deeper because, you know, you do your own reviews. Um, You try to keep it spoiler-free. You try to keep it light, uh, and so I'm glad to be able to dive into it with you today. But for uh, the people at home that aren't familiar with your stuff, let them know who you are, where they can find you, and what stuff you're working on right now. My name is Wendy Lee Zaney. I have a YouTube channel where we do uh, reviews with me and my husband, movie reviews, TV show reviews, trailer reactions, and sometimes random things we happen upon and we enjoy eating. So we have a whole little segment that's called Movie Couple Eats. And we just, well, before COVID, we used to venture out to various fun places and go and sit down and eat. And now it's like, hey, what can we get from the store? And what, what fun concoction can we make at home? So it's kind of changed to that a little bit, but it's a lot of fun. It's just, uh, the movie couple channel on youtube very cool i like the idea i think I, in some ways i kind of wonder if maybe that's more vital now to be like hey how can you do fun things at home how can you eat fun food at home my wife and i um just did uh, uh carne asada for the first time i used the we have a grill out back and i oh. it was my first time she seasoned it i shouldn't take all the credit she did all the seasoning uh but i was the one that cooked it on the grill and it turned out really good it was a it was a nice little uh, change of pace for us what this uh, whole thing has really taught me is that I did not need to spend all those money eating out all the years in the past. I am saving so much money from making my own food. We uh, attempted our own Dole Whip. And nice. it's not exactly like Disneyland, <coughs> excuse me, but it's really, really, really good. You haven't decided, you haven't decided to venture out to, what's <laughs> over, is it, um, um, what's it like the shopping center outside of Disney After Dark? What oh. is it? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Downtown Disney. Downtown Disney. That's what it is. Uh, I'm too chicken. Yeah, good. I think that's a good thing. I, I think I think we should all be a little bit more chicken right now. But <laughs> yeah. enough about that. So we like to start off every episode talking about what we're into this week. Is there a movie or show or a song, something that you've been enjoying <laughs> that you'd like to share share with everybody? Oh, oh, goodness. Okay. Can I pick a couple? Yes. absolutely. Pick as many as you want. Oh, Get ready for the one-hour segment okay. of what Wendy is watching, listening, and eating <laughs> right here on Elise Give Answers. Um, so for one, it is Lovecraft Country. Yeah. I'm super pumped for the upcoming episode. And the show, while I love it, it also gives me so much anxiety as I watch because it's it's horror-based. And then there's like that, the whole, you know, theme of racial injustice in your face. And it's just, yeah. that obviously is way more horrific to me than the monsters portrayed. So equally the show, I'm just kind of clutching my, my couch pillow the whole time. And then when the show ends, I'm like, how are you going to end it here? And that's so far with 
both episodes so far and then we'll see with the upcoming i'm sure it's going to be the same outcome i'm going to be mm-hmm. me screaming at the screen and i just started listening to the audiobook and it's nice. going great it's how going far great. are you in the, so you said you just started how far are you in the audiobook i am still in what the chapter is called opening credits so gotcha um i don't want to say spoilers but in the show it would be just before they arrive to the manor Okay, so before is, the Woods thing happened, so yeah, it's still like episode one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I, 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 you're so early in, but I'm I'm incredibly curious how close the show hues to the book. So so far, how close is it? It's actually pretty close as okay. far as the relationship between Montrose and George. Okay, uh, and and Atticus goes. They've introduced uh, Letitia, and I feel like in the show, obviously, we get to see more of Letitia mm-hmm. than we do in the book so far. But they're not veering too far away from what we see in the show. The one of the major changes is that. Um, George um, has a daughter who like writes uh, who, you know, likes to create comics and stuff like that in the guide in the book. uh, He has a son named Horace. Okay, so that's one of the differences. And then as far as like the whole you're caught up with the show, right? I am. Well, I I know that they released the fourth episode early and I haven't as of this recording. I I haven't. I haven't watched that. I haven't either. I haven't either. So no spoilers. But the part in the show about the sundown town, the chase. Yeah. That actually happened, that specific incident happened to somebody else. Interesting. Um, that that is not one of our main three characters. So so overall it's it's similar. They kind of I I feel like for this show they kind of adapted it. So mm-hmm. it really frames around the three main characters Got it. more. Got it. Okay, so what there were some other things you were into. What else were you into? Uh, I got to call out my my little K-pop heart is so happy for the latest Blackpink uh, song. The song it's called Ice Cream and it features Selena Gomez. And it's just a fun summer bob. I did a whole like <laughs> listening slash reaction on my channel because I'm such a fan. Uh, and they have their full album out, which I'm so excited for because they've been around since I want to say... 2016 please do not take away my blink uh fan card but i want to say 2016 and they've never had a full album Mm. so this time they're finally getting a full album in 2020 like they debuted four years ago and they're finally getting a full album each time they've had like a mini album like oh two three maybe four songs and i'm just like give the girls a full album so i'm very very excited to see and i just wanted to Anytime I can insert little K-pops into my world, I do. Well, I'm glad you did because anytime we have somebody – I love it when we have somebody on the show that is into – like I had Daniel Warren Johnson on. He was educating me a little bit on magic because that was not something I got into uh, when the I was a kid. Game? The card game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then so uh, I should specify that he could be talking about like table magic and stuff like that. No, magic, <laughs> magic the card game. And um, – and anytime, like we've got a few, uh, I got a few friends that are way into wrestling, which is not a world that I got into. So, can you, uh, it, broad question, can you explain K-pop to me? Narrowing that a little bit, like uh, obviously we've seen K-pop I, more recently. Uh, K-pop stands do the heroic work of of commandeering racist hashtags uh, to crowd them out with K-pop stuff. But like, what what is it about K-pop? that is so, the fandom is so dominant like what's the magic what's the secret sauce the secret sauce uh oh it's so for anybody who the k-pop stands for korean pop music um so the artists are for the most part uh koreans and they go through this vigorous training of because you have to first become a trainee for specific music entertainment studio so there's like yg jyp cube yeah. sm big hit which i think that's where bts is uh, under and there's like tons of other ones and so you're you don't get to 
debut and do your thing until the company says you are ready. So it can take two years, which is very short. Usually it takes at least four years for them to debut. And they start usually at like teenage, they start training. And what I really find interesting about K-pop is that when you listen to a song, it's like you're getting three to four songs mixed in one. So there's a nice bridge. There's a dance break. All of a sudden the beat drops. You got some dubstep. You got some rap. And it's just ever changing. And it's really, really refreshing. And as far as like their music video goes, it's always huge, big budgets, like millions of dollars. Sets, practical sets and amazing clothes, amazing color. And it's just very eye-catching. It's just really really different from sort of the music video we get here in the states yeah um so so it's just kind of like a nice refresh you kind of see where they pull inspiration from that you kind of you know look at certain scenes or you hear certain parts of the song you're like ah they're inspired by xyz artists so it's always always really fun to watch so it's kind of like a different uh musical paradigm and and so that's why it's, it's been able to kind of like create its own kind of umbrella of a fandom that that might not exist in other mediums. The fandom is is really something else. Yeah. It, it is they'll they'll show up for anything and everything. So um it it's actually it was a little scary when I first ventured into it. I mean, when I first ventured into K-pop, it was God, it was years ago when I was listening to like Big Bang and uh uh 21. Those were like my two core groups. And yeah. then I kind of fell off the wagon for a little bit. And then when I came back, I will say like this new generation, second generation K-pop, and I was like, what is this? And just there's a lot more that's that's it changed and and you know, bigger sets, bigger budgets, uh, and then uh, just really different because I always thought a group should compose of like three to five people, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. a boy group, girl group, and K-pop can have up to like nine. Wow. Yeah. Do they each have insane. like a, considering like the training regimen and everything, do they have like kind of like specific skill sets? Yeah, they each group always have um, a couple, maybe one or probably a couple of main vocalists. They'll have uh, a main dancer. That's actually like a role that somebody like that's their that's their thing. Uh, They have, you know, the main rapper. Sometimes a group will pick a leader. Um, For example, for BTS, I believe his name is RM. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. the leader and and things like that. So the fans and then there's also another one that where it's the, the visual. They're the visual. And when I first heard about it, I was like, what does that mean? And it's just like they have this like ideal, I guess, mm-hmm. an, I, like an overall ideal look. They're very and symmetrical. Like, They're the most symmetrical. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, when I look at every single and I and I don't mean just Blackpink because I am a blink. But yeah. when I look at every single K-pop group, I'm like, you're all beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the category of visual because all of you are visual. Yeah. So I, they're all just so good. So I don't I don't know if it's just just the thing that's kind of evolved through time. I'm not really sure about that, but that's, it's really interesting. And so like, you'll, you'll always have the main vocalists do the vote, the, you know, the big vocal parts and the raps get their, get their bars and things like that. That's great. That's really interesting. I, I think I am a little bit possibly too intimidated to venture into that realm. Uh, But I, I, I like this idea of like this uh, uh, boot camp to, to create, pop idols is it is it like um is it is it is it like almost like a like a military like hey this is what you're doing or is it kind of more like wrestling where who gets to be the leader and who gets to be uh uh, the visual or i was just thinking the the face like the whatever is that kind of its own little soap opera behind the scenes like they're kind of creating (laughs) a narrative you know what i mean 
It probably is a little bit. I don't have too much insight other than what I've seen in interviews. And yeah. they have. So a lot of the Korean shows, they'll do these uh, produced shows where they're producing a new kind of like like a version of American Idol or like The Voice. But they do it in where they have everybody come in and everybody is together and you go through the process together. And then in the end, they form a girl group or a boy group. And from what I can see, it's very collaborative. There's there's a lot of support from each other because they're all trainees. So they've all gone through the same thing. Like YG did one for Treasure, Mm -hmm. um, which is their their I think I believe their their newest boy group. And I follow through the entire process and to watch it. There's a lot of admiration and there's a lot of heartbreak because Everybody is chasing after the same dream, but nobody is sitting there and bad mouthing each other. They're trying to Ooh. throw somebody under the butt. Like there's no sneaky business. And I I feel like it's the producers of said company are the ones are kind of dictating, okay, like you're the main singer, you're the main rapper. Obviously, it's something that they excel at. Mm-hmm. It's something they're good at. But they do all train in in all aspects, from like interview to acting to to singing and to rapping and dancing um and and they go through they have to go to classes so it's essentially being a trainee it's like you're in school you're you're in k-pop school so you have your scheduled classes and then they have language classes so i was talking about how now k-pops um idols or artists they are not they don't necessarily need to be korean Mm -hmm. they can be thai they can be japanese they can be taiwanese and but with that, they would have to become multilingual. Mm. So they have to learn to speak Korean. That's Holy really important. Crap. And a lot of them will ha- also have language classes to speak English in order to kind of cross over into that international field. So when you're listening to K-pop, um, is it primarily uh, are, are K-pop artists, the music primarily in Korean or do they have do they do it in English as well? Like you said, to be more crossover. So yes, there's. They always will insert a few English uh, at this at the most minimum English words, uh, most often English phrases and and lines. Uh, gotcha. But most recently, BTS came out with their new song Dynamite, which is all English. And then Blackpink's new song Ice Cream is mostly English, with the exception of two lines from their main rapper Lisa that is in Korean. Wow. Yeah, that's really crazy. I'm always really like, yeah, I'm I'm impressed with the hustle. And I know, like different environments and stuff like that. But it's like, there's not a manga about K-pop school or something like some sort of like, isn't there like anime animated, like, there's gotta be like, it's school for K-pop stars that would make all the money. Are you kidding me? So instead of like My Hero Academia, it could be like my K-pop. But K-pop school, it would make all the money. It would be so successful. I would read it. I would buy it. Uh, yeah, they've got to be working. They've got to be workshopping on somewhere. Okay, so so was there anything else that you were into this week that you wanted to mention? That is it. Everybody watch uh, Lovecraft Country. And if you want, you can go to youtube.com slash only stupid answers. We've been doing uh, coverage of Lovecraft Country. Um, you can check all that out. Um, for me this week, gosh, what am I? What am I into? I, you listening to you now? I can't remember. A single oh, no. thing that I checked out that I haven't mentioned on other shows because I don't like I don't binge stuff. So I, I kind of tend to, especially in the environment we're in right now, I kind of tend to watch the same things over a couple weeks. Um, I will say this is going to be confusing to some people listening because I think I recorded an episode yesterday is actually going to go up a week from now uh, uh, where I was like, I'm almost going to finish uh, the Twin Peaks revival. I finally watched it. Uh, I finished it last night. And I have questions. I have so many questions. 
Um, I'm thinking about maybe doing just an episode. I I know nobody's going to give a shit, but I'm thinking about doing an episode on it just so I can like unpack it after having finally seen it. Uh, Was there something you mentioned Lovecraft Country? Oh, the boys. I'll mention the boys. We did a review for the first three episodes of the boys, which dropped this week. Um, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first season. I'm enjoying this season. Uh, I'm I'm playing with the idea of possibly con- doing um, continuing coverage of it because I enjoy the show, and I know you guys love the superhero shit. Don't try and tell me otherwise. I know you do. Um, have you, Wendy? Have you checked out the boys at all? I am not caught up. I am. I think halfway through season one, so gotcha. I've been trying like dodging left and right. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I and I saw something that revealed, and I was like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Well, no spoilers here. Because you can't here. stop when you're when you're going down Twitter, and yep. I'm just like, oh no, 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 my yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, no spoilers here, no spoilers here. But I, I, I like where the second season is going. Um, I, it's, it's this interesting. The, the thing with the show, it's, it's an interesting catch twenty two because I know Garth Ennis, who created the comic. Um, uh, it, even though I enjoy his work, it can be very misanthropic. Like it can be very like everybody is awful all the time to the nth degree. Like they're just the worst people ever. And I'm glad the show has uh, kind of dulled that edge a little bit. But I do – there's been this like uh, – a lot of shows recently, Mandalorian comes to mind, where you have these protagonists that are supposed to be antiheroes, but like they always do the right thing. Like people are like, oh, this guy, you, we don't know about this guy. It's like – but they're hugging at the end and like they're taking – like these – they're just heroes. Like they might grumble and not and not like it, but they're they're basically just good guys. You know what I mean? So I do kind of wish uh, the boys – other than Butcher, Butcher Butcher will do some stuff that is uh, uh, morally dubious. But the rest of the boys are, are pretty straightforward good dudes like as far as media goes, you know? Yep. So, but I enjoy it, and I think the seven. I said this in the review too. I think the seven, the the Justice League analog, are possibly some of the best villains that we've gotten in any superhero media, like movies, TV, any of that stuff, because they're so they're not overtly malicious. They're just petty and selfish, and that makes it worse in a way. You know what I mean? Like it makes it instead yes. of the, instead of it being like. We want to dominate the world. It's just like, ah, we don't, we just literally don't care about anybody but ourselves and nobody can really stop us. And it hurts more. It feels more real and it hurts more. <laughs> yeah. Are you enjoying season two more than you enjoy season one? You know, I think by the end of season one, I was very much on board. Uh, and I think that is continuing with this season. I think right now I am enjoying it more. Um, because I think this, I, I think it's that classic TV show situation, right? Where now you spent some time with the characters, so you're in, innately more invested, and the show is is able to capitalize on like, well, what if we pair these people off, or what if we pair these people off, or what if we throw this character in there, introduce this character, and see how that shakes up the dynamic. And it's Eric Kripke, and I haven't watched Supernatural. We have fans that have tried to convince me to dive into Supernatural, but it's 15 seasons deep. I'm not doing that shit. Um, so. Uh, yeah. But clearly, the guy the guy created a show that lasted 15 seasons. He knows what he's doing. Like, he knows how to make this stuff work. Um, so I think season two is off to a very good start. I am a little weirded about Doom Patrol did the same thing where they dropped three episodes at once. And it's like, well, what, what are you doing? Why don't you just why the, do it all? Yeah. Or I, yeah. I'm the reverse. I'm like, just do one. Don't That's all, true. Yeah, That's just, true. Just do it's like one such a tease. Time. Yeah. Do you like – do you prefer – the whole season at once or do you prefer like episode week to week or does it depend on the show 
it depends on the show. For something like Lovecraft Country, I would rather they just give it all to us at once because I have so much more questions and I don't want to be screaming at my at my TV screen every time an episode ends. But then there are other ones that I actually kind of like that. And I guess that could also apply to, to, to Lovecraft Country because sometimes your emotion is so heightened after an episode and then you want to go ahead and hit, you know, play next episode, but you you kind of need to, to, to gather yourself. So sometimes mm-hmm. that break is really, really good. But if I could, I really would prefer to have it all out all at once and then I can pace, let me pace myself, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it's it's. Um, I know a buddy of mine years ago. Uh, after true, the first season of True Detective came out, he decided to like sit down and like binge it all. I'm like, why, dude? You need that week. You need that week to just wander Jeez. outside and like stare off in the middle distance and think about existence. Like, you need the break. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, very cool. So let's let's. That's what we're into this week. Let us know in the chat uh, what you're into. I know Wendy S said she just followed the movie couple YouTube and saw it's Wendy's birthday soon, and she wants to say happy birthday. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, I hope all the kids at home also say happy birthday to themselves. We won't be able to hear you. Um, so let's dive into Mulan, which which was supposed to come out. Did you see it before it was actually supposed to come out? The funniest thing, I feel like I've been carrying Mulan, the whole movie and the secrets and all this stuff that I knew about. I couldn't say anything. It felt like the longest embargo ever. So I was actually invited for uh, to do the set visit, to visit the set in New Zealand with a, a group of uh, journalists. And I did, I want to say... F- Three, two articles for Collider. Three. I don't remember. I don't, it's that long ago that I can't remember. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because if anybody who checks out our review on Only Stupid Answers, I I wanted a like kind of a rundown of some of the differences and stuff like that. And the article we referenced was actually one of your articles from Collider. When I went to go like do the reference, I looked up who wrote. I'm like, that's crazy. That's so funny. It was a it was a great set visit, uh, and that was back in October of 2018. Yeah. And then the movie. Uh, a year later, that's when like the embargo would lift for a set visit. So then I was kind of like, oh, I got to bring out all my notes. And I had been working on it slowly and surely. You know, I didn't want to leave it to the very last minute and kind of do the college thing where I cram and stay up mm-hmm. and cry to myself and, <laughs> and type, type, type. So I, I, I was, you know, working on it for, you know, here and there until it was ready to to be released. And uh, then the movie premiered this year. Can you believe it? In mm-hmm. March. But it didn't make it into theaters. It just premiered and I uh, was fortunate enough to be able to attend the premiere so I got to see the movie on the big screen and I want to say that movie was probably the last one I actually got to see in theaters and it was just kind of wild to kind of see it knowing everything I knew about it but not not having to like also imagine you know in in the set visits you hear these interviews and you get these answers and you kind of sit back and think okay, but how is it going to look on screen? And then you make right. up these images in your head of how you think it's going to look versus how it will actually look. And you kind of go, oh. And then also the whole thing of like, wow, we got to see this in person. And then you see it play out on screen. You're just like, this is unbelievable. Like I was there. And the the scenes that we were there for was the big battle scene. Cool. That you see in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's crazy because we were actually scheduled the last screening we were scheduled to go see was Mulan and that was the first one axed like that was the first that was the first sign of Wait, like they oh. axed the what well, yeah because we got the invite we RSVP'd and then it was like oh by the way uh, COVID's a nightmare so we're not going to be doing this now uh, so I think the last movie we saw at a screening was uh, Bloodshot which is oh my gosh not the... I missed that oh, one you didn't 
You didn't really. You didn't really. Uh, I'm just glad that we also did the Invisible Man screening, and that was at Alamo Draft House, which is my favorite theater. So that was so good. That was a good one. That was a good movie. It was a good experience. Um, so yeah, so you've had, like you said, you've had a lot of time with this movie. Um, obviously, anybody that wants to know my spoiler-free thoughts, you can do that at YouTube.com/slash/OnlyStupidAnswers. But for you, Wendy, what are some of your? Before we go deep dive into spoilers, what are some of your spoiler-free thoughts on Mulan? I thought that this was the remake of this, or I don't want to say remake, but I, I will say the retelling of the animated classic of Mulan. Yeah. This one, out of all the Disney live action films, I would say is the most unique. Cool. This is the one that stood out to me the most because while I love Disney, like I'm, I'm a Disney fan through and through, mm-hmm. um, I and I enjoy The Lion King very much, but I cannot disagree that it is literally a shot-for-shot remake of the animated Lion King. I didn't have a problem with that because that's exactly what I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. But in films such as like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, I wanted to just uh, have it a little bit different. And I felt like Aladdin gave us a little bit more of that than Beauty and the Beast. Um, But I would say out of all the live-action Disney films, Mulan is probably one of the top ones for me. What Other you, ones are, are Jungle Book and Cinderella. I was going to ask you. I, you know what? Of the of those, I don't think I've seen Cinderella. That was directed by Kenneth Branagh, correct? I think so. Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think so. Well, we'll but never I, know. I, I loved it. I'm we'll not going to look it up. Well, I, I don't, I don't want to look it up. We'll never know. We'll just say it is. We'll just all just agree right now. It's Kenneth Branagh. We'll just move on. Uh, so, <laughs> so Cinderella was one of the one of the better ones. Yes. Yeah. I, I loved it. And and I'm not saying it's like so different from the animated. Yeah. Um, and that's why I, I, I did enjoy the live action Mulan. But the the way they told it and with with the different characteristics and having Lily James be Cinderella, she's just so charming on film. We have Kate Blanchett as the evil stepmother, and she just ate that role up. She was probably mm-hmm. my favorite character in the film. Yeah, Kate Blanchett does a really good job uh, as a villain because obviously we saw her a little bit in Hela. I'm going to be honest, I thought she was underused in Thor Ragnarok. Um, but she was also in an FX show, Mrs. America. Um, where yes. she, where she played a historical figure who uh, I'm I'm blanking on the person's name right now that was against okay. uh, the uh, uh, women's lib movement and she was great like she was really she was so good in that role and so and again kind of going back to the boys with that kind of like petty villainy just 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 villainous out of sheer selfishness and and the, and uh, desire to move yourself up the ladder really yeah. great uh, she's. Uh, so now, now that you said she's the wicked stepmother, it's like, well, now I kind of want to see Cinderella. It's probably on you'll Disney enjoy Plus. her her scenes. You'll enjoy all of her scenes. I bet they're so good. It's probably on Disney Plus. So let's dive into spoilers uh, for those at home. If you haven't seen it, we're going to dive into spoilers. Uh, uh, actually, last thing I should ask you before we get into spoilers: in your mind, uh, for those who have not seen it yet, is it worth the thirty bucks? Oh. I am always afraid to tell people to spend money, especially <laughs> during the time of pandemic. If it, the pandemic was not here, I'd be a little bit like feel a little less guilty to say yes or no. Yeah. Um, because like I say yes and then they don't like it and they're kind of like, oh, I wasted my money. And then if they missed it and they're like, oh, I should have done this. Now I missed it. Um, so in a time of pandemic, I'm a little bit more careful. But with that said, uh, I, I do feel that it is worth the $30. I feel that this this platform really allows and and speaking with 
our current times in mind of mm -hmm. of the safety of yeah. everybody's health. Uh, I don't feel that I can morally recommend somebody to go into a theater and watch a movie. Yeah. I, I I just I just can't because I value people being healthy and uh, I feel like I'm not comfortable to sit in a theater. So why would I tell somebody to go and sit in the theater? Yeah. You know, and what they do obviously is completely up to them. But given this format and we'll take another movie, say Bill and Ted, for an example, which opened just last weekend yeah. and that was in theaters as well as on VOD. I didn't blink an eye and I, and I clicked purchase on that VOD like yeah. the second it came out and I watched it from my, you know, from my couch and I had a lovely time. And the best part is you can literally pause and take a pee break and, uh, you know, you're not walking over anybody and it's perfect. So I do feel that this format, um, I honestly am not this like this whole like, you know, PVOD model. I don't mind it. One of the, the, the sticking point for me is that it's not the $30 price tag. Mm -hmm. It's the price tag on top of what you already pay for Disney Plus. Okay. That's where I kind of struggle a little bit where I'm kind of like, well, wait, I am already a Disney Plus subscriber. Yeah. And then to kind of get premium access, I have to pay this much and it's just like that's kind of where i kind of teeter back and i'm a little bit on the fence about that and i understand that mulan if you are a disney plus subscriber it will be available to you in december so if yeah. you feel like you want to wait you can obviously go ahead and wait but i wanted to see it again the day it came out so i paid for it yeah yeah and i think so so maybe for you would you be a little less on the fence if it was on vod everywhere Yes. Like Bill and Ted. Okay. That yes. makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. I'm, I'm in a little bit in the same boat for you. I think people were kind of confused in my review because um, I did not give it the best review. Uh, mm -hmm. But I did recommend it and it's for the reason you're saying if, if you are a Disney fan, if you like these Disney live action remakes, if you're a Mulan fan, I'd say support it because I want more. We have a question here actually from STS 2884. Do you want Mulan release to be the standard for movies going forward? Would you do this for Wonder Woman 1984? Yes, please, actually. Because, you know, you and I both talk to, you know, uh, press contacts and stuff like that to go see these movies. And with Tenet and New Mutants, you know, they're supposed to be in theaters and they're really kind of being hard nosed about it. And, I don't want to not only have to deal with that for Wonder Woman, um, but I also don't like the notion that people need to not not only us people viewing uh, risking our lives to go see it, us risking getting other people sick, but also the workers that are now forced to go back to work because it's like, well, you can't get an unemployment check if your job is operating, so now you have yeah. to go to work. Uh, where and risk your health for a movie and I love movies and I love theaters but at the end of the day it is a movie it's not groceries it's not you going to the doctor it's not that stuff you know what I mean um, so yeah I, I for me I do kind of want new releases until things are on lock until like whatever we don't need to go on all the hurdles that well need to be said, jumped. DJ. Yeah, thank you thank well, you well said well said and uh, i do and i totally agree with you on that uh one of the things i will also throw kind of into into the hat into this conversation please is that i completely support the pvod thing i if i really want to see a movie such as wonder woman or black widow or tenant i will happily pay whatever premium you know a reasonable premium to set like yeah. 30 fine 25 great yeah um i also number one choice would would to be experienced these movies in a drive-in uh, situation. Mm -hmm. 
I would, I would, that would be the number one choice because that's how we saw the new, the new mutants. We didn't have Bill and Ted playing near us. And yeah. that was a, that was a film I was okay with seeing at home, but the new mutants I wanted to experience kind of in a theater like format. Yeah. So we opted for the drive-in had a great time. They cool. had great concession foods. We got to bring our own snacks. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a good time. I might ask you when we're off air, what drive-in you went to, because uh, I've been looking into doing that, uh, as well. Uh, but now, but now I got to ask you, what did you think of new mutants? I, oh, what did I think of it? Yeah. Uh, it was okay. Okay. All it right, was okay. All right. It was fine. <laughs> it was what, okay. It was fine. It was, uh, that, that we could talk about this for days. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Was it worth the what, five year wait? However long we had to wait for that movie. <laughs> I mean, I was so, I think maybe I hyped myself up to, to a little bit too much because it was just fine. I, I didn't coming out of the experience. I wasn't like, Whoa, yeah, mm-hmm. great. But I had a, I had a good time and I was entertained. Uh, and I was just more so, so, happy that this movie finally came out yeah. specifically for the cast and crew because i felt so bad that they had to you know you filmed this movie like how many years ago and it's finally out now you're doing press and you're like i don't remember my first day on set yeah. you know you get those questions yep. what was it like the first day on set i don't know yeah, I don't remember. it was years ago i actually i saw like one of those like uh ads for it on twitter you're scrolling um and it was anya taylor joy and it's like i hope they actually filmed these like back when they did the movie so it's just like i don't even know they're just like they're just sitting in a time capsule until the movie movie finally releases and they're like oh, release the publicist release release <laughs> release the crack and let's go <laughs> need a new pair of glasses but going to try on frame stresses you out coastal.com makes it easy to shop for glasses at home just enter what you'd want your dream pair to look like down to the measurement and in less than a minute they'll narrow your search down to your new favorite pair at coastal.com you get prescription glasses starting at nine dollars with free shipping and 30-day risk-free returns plus they have the most advanced virtual try-on technology you'll find anywhere turn your frames into sunglasses by testing out colored lens tints or finally see what a cat eye or aviator would really look like on your face with coastal you don't have to spend hours at the store or hundreds of dollars go to coastal.com pick the frames you want and see how they look on you on your phone then enter your prescription details and order now i don't wear glasses but my wife does and she really enjoyed her experience going to coastal.com and trying on glasses digitally online it was so easy coastal has over 2,000 frames to choose from and 24-hour customer support we're talking about newsweek's america's best customer service you'll never waste time or money at an expensive optometrist ever again now through october 31st they're offering our listeners the best deal they have going anywhere 50 percent off your first pair of glasses at coastal.com slash stupid 50% off. That's crazy. Get free shipping, 30-day risk-free returns, and 50% off at coastal.com slash stupid. That's only until October 31st, and that's spelled C-O-A-S-T-A-L dot com slash stupid. Know that some restrictions apply, but go check that out right now at Coastal.com slash stupid. Now let's get into some Mulan spoilers. So spoiler thoughts out of the gate. What you got for me? What, when you when you start thinking spoilers for this movie, what's the first thing you want to talk about? Okay, first thing I want to talk about that, and this is I'm, I probably will get so much hate for this that I I uh, realized that it was for the most part okay for not the songs to not be sung in the in the film. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Because I I was one of the first people when that first report came out, no Mushu, no song. And I was like, great, no Mulan. I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And then the more I read on it, and then once, you know, kind of at the set visit and talking to the the producer, Jason Reed, about the reason why they, they're, and they're taking a different approach. They weren't just going to take the animated classic and, and just turn it into live action. I understand the angle they were going for. It was more based on the ballad of, Mulan, the, the traditional story, and they wanted to focus more on that, you know, that that the weight of war and it didn't feel right for them to insert, you know, a group number mm-hmm. into maybe perhaps a heavy moment of soldiers training and being in battle. Uh, with that said, I the only time I really missed any sort of like musical cues for this movie was probably during the training montages that yeah. the soldiers had in camp. And I'm, I don't mean in the way of them bursting out into song. I don't mm-hmm. need that. If I want that, I can just watch it on Disney Plus, yep. the animated series, which I did mm-hmm. uh, right away. I was yeah. like, I need to watch it. But I wouldn't have minded the musical score as the undertone for yeah. those scenes. As they were going up the stairs with the water buckets, I was like, yeah, okay. Um, the other thing that I thought was I was again fighting against the whole like I cannot believe there is no motion. Yeah. Ah, why? Um and once I realized what they were doing and once I actually saw the film, I kind of said, okay, I I see I see why they didn't want to use Mushu in this version of Mulan. So I under, I understood that. And because that was the two biggest sticking points for me. And I was like mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. It was a, it yeah. was big sticking points for a lot of my audience too, and of course, actually, I, you know, again, I read your article, so that that informed, and I understood once I I kind of got that perspective. And it's funny, normally, like when you hear about some of the changes they made to like Doctor Strange to accommodate uh, uh, China, the government's view on stuff, it's like that's don't do that. That's don't. But when when you're talking about like Mulan, like we made these changes for the Chinese audience, it's like. Well, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, well, yeah. It's a, it's you know what a mean? Chinese story. Yeah, it's like, well, you, you, yeah, you should do that. Uh, that makes perfect sense. But, but the counterpoint to that is there's, there's no. For me, watching it, there was no real replacement for what those brought to the story. So with the songs, and especially when you're talking about, I'm glad you mentioned the training montages, because the musicals in musicals, the songs do a lot of narrative heavy lifting. Uh, so like. All of basically all of Mulan's supporting cast in the animated movie, I have an understanding of because of the songs where they're kind of like, "Hey, here's my deal." And so in this movie, it's like I don't, I know, I know the one guy is the love interest and he's really handsome, and I know this other kid is supposed to be cricket and he's lucky, yep. and that's basically it. Like I don't know who yeah. the rest of these people are. One of them is Donnie Yen, and he does cool sort stuff, and that's and so if if you're not going to do the music, I wish there was something that like helped me give give gave me a better understanding of who these people are and what they mean to Mulan and why I should care yeah. about them. Yeah, exactly. And I think I said the same thing. Either it was in the non-spoiler review or the spoiler review. Probably the spoiler review uh because I didn't want to you know spoil too much in a non-spoiler. Yeah. yeah but yeah. that that was something that was sorely missed was that camaraderie between Mulan and her friends that she made in the army because in the beginning she you know, one, being completely afraid of being found out her true identity. And two, she had never been to war. She's, you know, mm-hmm. and then to have to go to war and all of a sudden being a woman living with a bunch of men, that's yeah. got to, it's it's like, you know, it, that that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. And they played it pretty well as she was walking into one of the barracks for the first time. And I enjoyed the little comedic beats. But like you said, I really wanted to see more of their relationship 
be, you know, with each other and kind of how they became so close knit before they just kind of go into the we believe Hua Mulan uh, chant, which yeah. was lovely. But I, I felt like there was a little bit more missing. And so that final like battle that they had together as, you know, they're rushing through and and Hong Hui is telling her bolt the door and she's like, I will see you again. Mm-hmm. Um I, I wanted, I mean, for the two of them, they had obviously more screen time together because they yeah. wanted to play off that that conflict and and love interest um, bit. But I really missed being able to identify, you know, various characters beside Cricky. I mean, obviously we have Ling and we have Poe and we have Zhao, but they set their name kind of in just like a here's my name and then you should know because you saw the animated series. But for the people who maybe have not seen it, they'd be like, okay, these are just names for them. So where is that true friendship forming and why didn't we get to see much of it? Yeah, and I think that's kind of a a problem I have with a lot of the um, live action animated remakes, other than maybe Lion King because it is a kind of a beat for beat, is they don't, they kind of they don't exist on their own. Like if you have, I, I I have trouble imagining somebody who has not seen the animated movie understanding the live action versions. You know what I mean? Because they they're so yeah. dependent on you understanding those. Uh, you also mentioned um, earlier the the bucket scene, and uh, that makes me think of something else that stood out to me that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It felt to me, and I don't know if you felt the same way, that it was basically implied that like Mulan had magic powers. And I was like, and which I'm on paper, I'm fine with, but I felt like it kind of undermined this idea that like a woman can do, a woman can be a soldier. A woman can do all these things. If you say that she's just magic, then it's like, well, doesn't that kind of undermine your empowerment message? If she just has magic powers, like, yeah, I got a lot of comments like that, not directed at me. They're yeah. they're just kind of speaking about the film, which is fine. That's what the comment section for is is to discuss film and not yell at each other for <laughs> opposing opinions. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't mind the idea of of chi because to me the way it read and having like watched the movie is that and Taima kind of did this in a narrative way in the in the top of the film where he said that it was typically the like men have the chi because they're like the warriors and so when he found out his daughter had the chi he was kind of like bielsa conceal don't feel Mm -hmm. um and and hide it away and that kind of led me to think how many more ladies do we have chi and why is it frowned upon for them to have it which is where i saw kind of that insertion of of gong li's witch yeah because she kind of walked a very parallel path to mulan as far as having this magical power if you will this chi but she was vilified whereas mulan came out to be to be the the war hero and i know we'll talk about a little bit more of that later i didn't mind it because she didn't she didn't I, I feel that the release of the chi is more to the ideal, and this is just according to me, this is not a fact, mm-hmm. uh, the ideal of her not being afraid of being herself. Yeah. To For her to embrace the full, like, chi gotcha. for her to kind of use it. So that's kind of where, how it makes sense to me, but I, I totally see your point, and that's absolutely valid as well. You know, it's interesting. I, I like that argument for the movie as well, because I will say, like, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the animated movie is the training montage. Uh, but in this, the, a lot of that stuff, when she's in that camp, like, in the animated movie, I bought a lot. And this one, we're like, oh, this boy over here. I'm like, there's no bullshit that any of these guys think. That she that- can carry all these and run well, past them. Well, not only that, yes, but also one that anybody's 
thinks that this is a boy like she's clearly a girl like like she's obviously a girl but yet not that and again let me clarify going back to the bucket not that a woman couldn't do that that particular woman it's like there's she's so tiny i don't know yeah, like she's little yeah how is she carrying that so then you say like well okay she's got this inner inner strength it's like okay all right, all right, all right i buy that but let's talk about the witch or the bird lady or like whatever <laughs> uh, uh let me bring up the actress's name a gongli uh gongli's character let's say that uh we have a a question here from uh, cage 96 was the witch necessary was gongli's character necessary in your opinion I want to, I, I will say yes, because I'm a huge fan of Gong Li. I've watched a lot of her films. She's been doing this a long time. She's always lovely to see on film, completely just stunning and steals every scene that she is in, kind of like what she did in this film. And what I liked about her character, because at first I, I thought she was just going to be a silly little sidekick to Bori Khan. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And, and I thought when I first, and this is just from me seeing the trailer without going to a set visit or anything like that. This, I thought, okay, she can shapeshift into the Falcon and they're just trying to kind of insert the, well, the villain in the animated series had a Falcon on his shoulder yeah. and so we got to give him a Falcon. It can't just be a, you know, like a, to make it more interesting and slightly different, we're going to make her sh- shapeshifting. I thought it was that. And based on that, I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I like Gang Lee, so I, I'll watch her in anything, but is is it necessary? And then once I watched the film, I liked it because it gave Mulan another person to relate to. And you also see the path of someone who was also born with the chi but chose to reveal it and was vilified for it and then completely walked down this other road um and to kind of side with bori khan and and have a lot of hate in her heart until she met mulan and she even tried to convince her she's kind of like you and i we can be great together Mm -hmm. you know let's let's walk down this path together and where mulan staying staying very noble to her beliefs and 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 decided to go, kind of go away from that. And I think that kind of gave the witch this different idea of thinking like, I didn't have to walk this path mm-hmm. at, uh, at all. So I enjoy kind of seeing sort of the polar opposite of, you know, on the, on the, on the other side, on both sides of having the chi power be- yeah. while being a woman. What did you think about, because in um, the original movie, it's the Huns. And this mm-hmm. is the ruins, which from what I understand is closer to the to the story, the yes. original story. Uh, but I was like, when they were getting ready to do the remake, I'm like, listen, I love Mulan, but I, and, and I'm not an expert in these things, but I, the portrayal of the Huns is a little bit dated, let's say. Uh, and in I was like, in, in the animated series? Yeah, in the animated movie, it's a little, little dated, you know what I mean? And so maybe this is a moment that we can like, like update that perspective. And then I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, we're not doing that. We're just, this is just, they're basically the same. Uh, uh, all the little, all the same pitfalls over again. What did you think? But they, they give hints that like, I thought there was going to be a big reveal that like the emperor was actually the bad guy or something because there's so many hints that the ruins like their lives were kind of messed up by the emperor. But it's like, nope, this is very pro country. This is uh, emperor is a good dude. It's Jet Li. We're not going to question him. You know what I mean? What did you think about the portrayal of the villains in the live action movie? I I thought very similar to what what you thought. It wasn't. It wasn't. I I feel like it's better than the than the animated version and I what I liked was that they gave Bori Khan a little bit more of a history mm-hmm. so in the animated he just wanted to be a bad guy yeah he's just like I'm gonna I'm gonna want to infiltrate I want to sit on the throne I want I want China and in in this one it was more than that for Bori Khan it was also revenge 
Mm -hmm. uh, the emperor basically killed his father. So now Borikon Jr., having grown up, obviously when you you know watch your dad get murdered, yeah. regardless of the reason, you're going to want to, you know, and maybe he only saw, I don't know, maybe he only saw one side, one side of the story, but he grew up with probably this hate in his heart for the emperor and waiting for his chance to seek revenge. And probably... You know, with the witch by his side, he's like, now it's the time we ride, we do this. Uh, and so I, I did enjoy seeing that little bit into a little bit of insight in, into uh, the reason why Bori Khan wanted to do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a question here <clears throat> excuse me, from Joey. Would you want to see the Disney turn their live action adaptations into a cinematic universe like the MCU? Who would be their Nick Fury? <laughs> who would be their Nick Fury? Yeah. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it would be Mickey Mouse. That's a good point. It would be Mickey, it Mouse. Would be Mickey Mouse. I think if you did a live action, it would be kind of like, it'd have to be lighter than the MCU where it's like, we're all going to team up. It's more like, listen, they all take place in the same universe, just in different places and different times. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they're like, uh, but they all like, they're, so it'd have to be like Easter eggs that like, okay. you I will, I will say this. I don't think for it to be completely completely fleshed out and fun, I don't think they can do it in a, in a live action. I think it's better handled if they can do it a la Wreck-It Ralph and they mm -hmm. bring in all the princesses together because we kind of already saw the princess team up in Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Um, so we can either do it that way and keep it light and hearty and fun and then we can get all the fun merch with it mm -hmm. or you do a Kingdom Heart live action. Yeah. And that's how you can bring not just the princesses, but, you know, uh, Mickey, Donald, Goofy and everybody in together that way. I, I like that a lot. It also makes me think about kind of off topic a little bit. I've, I thought it'd be really interesting if they did a Super Smash Brothers live action or animated uh, Super Smash Brothers, like where you do, you know, a Mario movie, a Link movie. Uh, maybe a Star Fox movie, and then like they all come together in like a Super Smash Brothers movie. I th I've 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 always thought that'd be really cool. Yes. Yeah, and especially like 100%. you said, with Wreck It Ralph, like we have, you can work, you can make it happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it would be fun to see it in like an animated format. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we have another question here from Danny. How do you feel about the changes made in Mulan, excluding the music of Mushu? We both talked a little bit about music of Mushu, but outside of that, um, uh, he gets that the live action adaptation is better to take some liberties and change stuff. Oh, wait. Uh, is it better to take some liberties and change stuff from the animated version or make uh, a few changes even if it overall is the same story? Okay, so the question here is, is it better to like do a Lion King and just do the same thing but live action or is it better to uh, make some changes like Aladdin and, and Mulan or I guess the best example is Mulan is it's very different. I would prefer it for future Disney live action retellings of their animated classics to be more following the format of Mulan because, and, and yes, I know I absolutely enjoyed the live action Lion King. I had mm -hmm. zero problems with it being a, a shot for shot because that's just what I wanted to see. And mm -hmm. I understand people didn't, didn't like it. And that's, and that's totally fine. That's a hundred percent valid, of course. But for me, um, aside from The Lion King, for me, we are always going to have the animated classics. I own yeah. all the DVDs. If you have Disney Plus, it's always available on Disney Plus. So if I want to enjoy like a live action retelling of it, I don't necessarily need to see it copy and paste again, but just with 
actors and practical sets. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and take some liberty, change things up a little bit. Um, and also not all animated movies can translate well to live action, especially with Disney. Um, aside from Mulan, like say Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, there's a lot of fantastical and magical elements. Sometimes mm -hmm. those are not easy to translate to film. It can be done, but I think it takes a lot and has to be carefully executed. So with that said, I think as they continue to do, let's say The Little Mermaid, I would not mind them taking a little bit of liberty, liberty and changing. And also to remember a lot of these stories that Disney have brought us in the form of animated classics, Mulan, Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, they're not original Disney stories. Yeah. We have to remember that because people get really mad about not having Mushu in the film, in the live action film. I was upset because I like Mushu as a character. Um, but I also understand that in the original Ballad of Mulan, there was no Mushu mm -hmm. at all. Uh, the, only, the only main character that we know for sure is in these stories is Mulan. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I enjoy that Disney taking liberty in their retelling of the animated to give us Mushu. And I also appreciate that they gave us, they gave, they took the liberty to give us something very unique and different in this live action retelling. I agree with that. And I, I think, I do hope they emphasize that more, but I also hope they emphasize it in a way of like really coming at it fresh. And because there's a, I think the feeling that I'm trying to articulate with these live action adaptations is that feeling that they're kind of made by committee. You know what I mean? Like where it's a, a, a bunch of like suits in a room uh, dictating what's going to be most marketable uh, and what referencing is going is whereas instead of really getting a strong creative team in there that can pull apart what stuff meant to them and create an original telling of these stories that integrates stuff from the original in a smart way like something that, that tripped me up in this movie is you'll get musical cues to like reflection or other iconic songs but like a theme, a musical theme will come in and then leave and then never be heard from again and not be set up earlier in the movie. It just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, hey, remember from the original? It's like, yeah, but like, why is this happening in this movie? Like, what does this mean in this particular movie? And, it, and it's just a, um, just kind of a quick reminder of the original. And so it's like maybe a more organic, holistic take. Like, and, and maybe Little Mermaid's one that can provide us that. I think they've burned through most of their animated movies at this point right like what do we have yeah, left like aristocats like <laughs> <laughs> let's see they've done dumbo yeah Lady and the tramp cinderella sleep not sleeping beauty but maleficent one and two yeah mulan i would like to see pinocchio next or oh yeah. no hunchback of notre dame <gasps> was it uh you know what Ooh. that one has potential because hunchback of notre dame is not one that i remember fondly so like jungle book that might be one that can like oh actually this is pretty good <laughs> yeah um, yeah uh but, but, but you just said before hunchback you said um what was another the movie you said just before hunchback? Pinocchio. pinocchio wasn't guillermo del toro supposed to do that one or was that like uh was that was he supposed to do the disney one or was he supposed to do a different one He's doing the Netflix one, and it's a stop motion. Yeah, I love it. I love stop motion. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, would Disney give Wes Anderson money to do a stop mo another stop motion animated movie for you? Because they're great. Oh, I yes. Love Isle of Dogs. Anyway, so uh, those are all the questions I have from the Discord. Before we wrap up, were there any other things you kind of wanted to mention about Mulan? Um, I, I, I will say that I. 
I kind of, and I know this is not possible given his health. I kind of wish the emperor got to do just a little bit more mm-hmm. um, because for me to cast someone like Jet Li's caliber to be in the film, which is a great nod. He's, he is a legend. Yeah. Um, just kind of having seen Donnie Yen in, in, in the role of commander tongue to see him do some martial arts flurry. It was just showing off the skill. Any little bit is great. So, but, and I understand he's, he's undergoing some, there's, there's health issues with him. So you can't, can't yeah. make the man do the things he, that, that he can't maybe do right now, but you know, they, there, there was. I, I, I thought that the the confrontation between the emperor and Bori Khan was going to be a little bit more, mm-hmm. and and it, and it just, it just. I, I don't know. I was, I was hoping it was gonna, it was gonna go somewhere, and it was gonna be like a two versus one fight from the emperor and Mulan and Bori Khan, just kind of like a, you know, like she's fighting against him because she's going to save China, and he's fighting because like I killed his father, sort of a thing, and. Uh, it didn't really it didn't really come to like this fun little theory that I had inside my head. But I guess it at the same time stays true to the emperor's character in the animated classic where he was a little bit more stoic, very, very. What's the word I'm looking for? Like he he doesn't get scared easily, you know, yeah. um, composed, always composed. So I guess I guess there was that there was that bit. That was like one of the things I was like, are we going to the whole time? I was like, are we going to get to see Jet Li do a little bit of something? We saw a little bit. We saw a little, a bit. little bit. He, he did. He did a little bit more than Emperor in the uh, in the oh, animated yeah. movie. Uh, but now oh, yeah. when you're talking about the two on one fight, I'm starting to think of like a Disney version of the end of the raid where it's where it's the two versus the one. And it's like that would actually that would have been really cool. It's also. <laughs> oh. worth. Oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say one more thing, but do you, it's a, it's a different thought. So do you want to go for it? No, go for it. Um, at the end, at the end where Mulan and Hong Hui said their goodbyes Mm -hmm. and he's like, are you still not going to take my hand? And she kind of shyly gives him her hand for a little bit, but they didn't, there wasn't kind of that, you introduced the love interest, but you didn't, there, there was, it it was very Mm open-ended. It was very open-ended. And I would have liked to see, and this goes back to what you were saying about the camaraderie between Mulan and her fellow soldiers is at the end, we have commander Tung coming into Mulan's village to deliver the emperor's gift. I would have also loved to see the, you know, her main crew, if you will, also came into the village to kind of show everybody that, she went to war. She succeeded. She saved China. She's a hero. And she was accepted by not just these like high commanding officers, but also the people of her same rank. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just like I wished that was like that would have been a much more well-rounded ending for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying like she needs to fall in love in order for this movie to be great. It does yeah. not. That, that That's not what Mulan is about. Mulan is about a heroic woman saving China. Yeah. And she and she did that. But just just. I enjoyed seeing the relationships in yeah. in this movie and I wished it was that's how it would have ended. Yeah, I like that point. And uh, do you think when you talk about it being open-ended like uh, my one sticking point with Jungle Book is of course the whole arc of that is Mowgli learning to become a man and basically in in the subtext like the being with the animals is kind of the childish things he learns to become a man and rejoins the man's village and then right at the end of the movie the live action version spikes the ball and it's like ah forget that we like him hanging out with the animals he's forget emotional growth he's gonna go keep hanging out with the animals it would seem to very directly be like we're gonna make sequels out of this thing 
I feel like a lot of these live action adaptations are more open to the idea of sequels than the originals were. Do you think this is kind of positioning itself to be like, stay tuned for Mulan 2 in 2024? <laughs> oh my god i hope not i hope not um i don't need to see, i don't need to see uh a second iteration of mulan i think her story uh, her legend has been set in this film and what she does next and and what she does next it's not really about hong Hui. what she does next in this open-ended scenario is if does she accept the emperor's offer and and to kind of be an officer uh or does she remain in her village to kind of be be that that you know her dad's her parents are getting older so so to kind of be the head of the family if you will to and to continue her life there i think that's where the open-endedness takes us and with Mm -hmm. that i feel like if they follow the story i feel like she does go to back to the emperor i think but don't quote me on it Mm -hmm. um i i just i don't feel like it's necessary for for a mulan two yeah well yeah. listen but disney they, we did, got one for the animated though mm-hmm. i think disney didn't ask if it was necessary <laughs> they they wanted to know if <laughs> people true. would show up yeah, yeah, yeah. that's never true. necessary that's true. to do the sequel uh i should also <laughs> say since we're in spoiler territory ming na wen who voiced mulan in the original uh does make a cameo and, and it was really sweet um and it was just cool to see her uh because you know we for this show we reviewed agents of shield for a long time and she's great in that uh she was in the mandalorian briefly and it's just really delightful to see her in anything and it's cool to see i don't know if there were any other cameos from the animated movie other than her though she was Uh, just the one that stood out yeah she's the one that stood out being the the only person that had a connection to the uh animated the other small cameo is in the same scene where uh mulan had refused the emperor's offer mm-hmm. and you kind of cut to the court kind of not the court but you know yeah. the, the the spectators kind of looking around there was a very prominent shot of a woman with her fan her hair is done up and she kind of looks over like what she said what that's actually me daughter Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's great. That's yeah. sweet. I, that, going into other Disney movies, that always did kind of weird me out with like Star Wars um, and you know Carrie Fisher's daughter. It's like you could, she's right there. You could like utilize her. She doesn't just need to. She doesn't just need to be relegated to a cameo. Like she can act. Like use her anyway. Um, yeah. So that's it. Those are our thoughts on uh, Mulan. Let us know. I, there's not really comments on. A podcast but you could like you could you could tweet us you can tweet me at dj talks trash your thoughts uh wendy where can they find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at wendy lee zaney very cool and once again remind them uh what you're up to and what they should check out that you're doing i am on youtube uh talking about movies and tv shows and trailer reactions on the movie couple channel and that is on youtube and we live stream every wednesday and saturday so today i will be well you're we're recording on a saturday <laughs> but i am not sure when this is going up so yes. we record oh great yay uh we'll be live streaming today yes so so for people watching live you can go check that out uh uh in in just a, like an hour and then and then this goes up monday morning as a podcast so you can go check it out and you can go to a youtube channel and check it out in the past tense, uh, after it's already uploaded. Uh, I want to thank everybody that joined us live. If you'd like to join us live, you can do that at patreon.com slash only stupid answers. I have an amazing community community there. I'd love it if you became a part of it. Like I said, you can follow me at DJ Talks Trash. You can follow this, this show at Only Stupid Answers everywhere that matters. But on Twitter, you're going to want to yank the vowels out of stupid. And uh, we'll see you all next week. we got a lot of cool stuff coming up, so stay tuned for that. Bye-bye. <laughs>